Hello, everybody. Hey. Welcome to the Open Mind Space podcast. Again, back at it in the car driving. And look at us getting a little bit regular with this. I know, right? Wild. Because we want to chat more. Got some things to say. Got some things to say. Got, so, some, got some things for you to listen to. <laughs> in this podcast, we wanted to stick with this theme of change, of creating change. But in this podcast in particular, we want to talk about what to do when you know you need to create change and perhaps need some support in it. Nice. So you have this moment. So maybe it is recognizing that you're doing some pretty shitty behavior, that you're on loop, that you're stuck on repeat. You know you need to create change, but then it's the what next? Yeah, what do I do now? How how do I do that change? Because often it's easy to stay better the devil you know. Yeah, so what the mind or the ego wants to do is keep you safe and it is safe in what is familiar because it's able to control that Um, so it's a false it's a false sense of safety Um, sometimes it would be safer for us to go through the process of change rather than staying the same and the thought that just popped up a question for you Murray because I um, I'm sure I have an answer (laughs) so Was there any point, so you've spoken before about when you were in jail, you had the awareness, spirit touched you where you were like, I'm not living what I'm supposed to be doing. Prior to that, when you were out in the field, Mm. did you ever have the thought, I I want this to change, I want to live a different life, I need to change something? Yeah. And what prevented you from that, from doing, from following through? Um, well, I suppose I was just so entrenched in what I was doing. Um, I couldn't see from where I was how that was going to take place. For me, I was so deep in what I was doing that it was going to take something catastrophic in order to uh, create the seismic shift. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, definitely there were times where I was like fed up, done, finished, um, but then I was like, well, fuck, what else am I going to do? Come on. And then I just kick, kick along, keep going. And so out of curiosity, like we can't change the past and you had to go through what you had to go through, but in hindsight, do you feel if you had a Murray, <laughs> so like a, a, you, a current day version of Murray there with you, do you think you would have been able to support change? No. Okay. No. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I say that from where I am now, um, knowing that I had to go through everything I went through in order to get to where I am now. Um, and like people talk about this whole idea of fate, and I think like it's, it is a thing, but I think fate has many directions, mm. um, there's many options. And I feel like if I had have somehow made the change prior to when I did then I wouldn't have reached the person I am now Okay. because it would have pulled up um, all the lessons Yeah. therefore it would have pulled up the gifts and another tangent I want to go on 
while we're here because I know a lot of people reach out to you in particular parents or partners of people who because they they've heard your story they understand your history and so they have someone in their close to them in their life who are deep in addiction or crime or those kind of experiences and they reach out to you to assist that person to assist them in moving through change yeah what is your first kind of to those people that to the let's just role play to the mum that reaches out and says my son is deep in addiction how do I help him create change (laughs) so um, it needs to run its course unfortunately I mean there might be 0.1 of a percent of people in active addiction that will listen to someone and make the change because of the guidance from someone else 99.9% of alcoholics and drug addicts need to it needs to reach a certain point where the pain of staying the same outweighs the fear of change and um, it's that and it's spoken about a lot is like hitting the rock bottom Um, they need to experience that themselves in that place then the ego has a moment of death and spirit can and will do its thing. Um, the message I tread very lightly when uh, I try and communicate this to people, but um, sometimes when the, the parents are there intervening, they're actually doing more harm than good. Um, sometimes as hard as it is the parents just need to step back and let it run its course scary as that sounds and so to to pull it back a little bit broader sweep Mm -hmm. of change I think what you just said there applies to everyone not just those in active um, addiction of the pain of where you are now Mm -hmm. needs to outweigh the pain or the fear of change yeah I think that applies to everyone that applies to the person sitting in their nine-to-five office job who really wants to be an artist or I can I can see myself now sitting in um, the production office of home and away when I worked there and looking out the glass windows it was one of those big buildings that there was no actual open windows it was all just glass panes and just breathing in the air-conditioned air and me just going this isn't this isn't it. Mm-hmm. This isn't actually what life is meant to be. But having, similar to what you just said there, just zero idea of what's next. Because yeah. I only know what I only know. I have no idea of what to do next and no idea if I would make money or my, in the back of my mind, it's like I really want to do kinesiology and, and spirituality, but there's no way I'm going to make the same amount of money doing that than what I am sitting here fun fact in the first year of being in kinesiology I was doubling my wage or the wage I was sitting at at that time so I broke through that story um, but that's the thing about change is that often often change is created by people running away from something as opposed to running towards something yep 
And that is what I think is a really important shift and reframe to invite in of what do you want to travel towards? Right. Not what do you want to run away from? Yeah, we don't need to wait for the shocking moment to create the change. Yes, because if you're in this constant phase of running away from, your attention is on what you're running away from, not what you're moving towards. So even though you're traveling in what you perceive to be a forward direction, you're still looking over your shoulder, have I gotten far away enough yet from it? There's an an invisible bungee cord connecting you to that thing that you're running away from. Mm Versus when you acknowledge it, acknowledge it's not where you want to be, that you want to do different, but then you shift your focus to what am I moving towards, that bungee cord attaches to that thing, that space that you want to move towards, and that pulls you in. And I think today there's just so many, like, it's been so cleverly structured, the whole construct of society, um, that there's probably a large, a vast majority of the, the society that aren't happy with what they're doing but what's delivered to them is a lot of useful tools and techniques to numb that mm. um, yeah so let's wait for the weekend bender right and work for we'll the weekend do, we'll do it all again and, um, just a lot of ways to to numb out so you keep turning up to your nine to five and there's nothing wrong with a nine to five if you love your nine to five and you're frothing on it this is just a generalised example. Yeah, sometimes I use that term, nine to five. But yeah, if you're stuck in something that's not fulfilling you. Mm. So, we know that there is a great amount of discomfort and we're ready for change. Something needs to change. What next? Yeah, well, you're probably going to seek some support I I personally firmly believe that you cannot create clarity of the change that you're moving towards when you're in the middle of the shitstorm so if you're I always imagine it when someone's deep in it in the confusion of it all it's like their brain is a toddler having a tantrum Mm -hmm. and so if you went to a toddler in the middle of a tantrum and said sit down and write your ABC's you would it would be a bigger shit fight. Right. You would wait or support or co-regulate that toddler in calming down and then going, right, how are we going to write ABC? Right. So the nervous system, the emotional system, the mental system needs assistance in regulating before you ask it, where do you want to go? What's next? And I think like my journey at like in the beginning there just wasn't a lot of support um, but what I could feel because I had I was going through like an awakening of my spirit um, I could really feel when I was doing something that wasn't in lining with the path I was meant to be on yeah. and it was so uncomfortable that I would just have to stop doing it Yeah. and through that process then something else would show up I would just be led into certain things that would begin to nourish what was happening yeah but not everyone I suppose not everyone goes through that large awakening like that I think as a foundation for life that's an absolute powerful tool to rely on like we teach muscle testing but also that intuition or that gut feeling of okay get clarity on what do you want to be moving towards and when decisions arise does that decision 
expand and enhance that feeling or yep. does it draw it, does it drain it, pull it, yeah. diminish it? Well, you just feel it. You just feel it. But well, if we, For me, I could. Yeah. But there might be just a fraction of a step before that of being in the the storm of mm. in the middle of it of, of what's next so yeah. so that seeking out of support so that can be a really great assistance in change and this is a really cool thing to talk about about where do I go what do I do because there are a plethora of modalities out there and there especially are, now yeah and there are a bunch of facilitators out there yeah so here's a few key things that we look out for when choosing a modality or choosing a facilitator either to work with or for other people to work with yeah yeah show me your training <laughs> yeah yes yes show me your training it's super important and you have the right to ask that yeah super important where have you done your training yeah. who have you done your training with uh, if it's important to you, how long have you been practicing for it? There are some amazing practitioners out there who um, are intuitively skilled and then they've just gotten a modality under their belt to navigate yeah. their natural skill set. Um, so they might have only been practicing for a short while, but just be bang on the money. Yeah. But yes, what are you trained in? Where does this come from? Mm -hmm. What's the lineage of it? Yeah. What... Yeah, I think these are all super important questions to be aware of when choosing someone that you're going to open your subconscious up to. Yeah, which can be extremely vulnerable. Yeah. You want to make sure that person is doing the work also. And it's like beautiful, absolutely beautiful time because social media, you can just go check people out. <laughs> you can just check in on them. Um, and that's the other thing like there's a like I, I know personally I know um, a lot of therapists um, you know they may have completed some uni and then that that's it and they've been like treating for eons and um, not gone back to do any further training not continued their own personal journey um, and I think this can like create like stagnation in their offerings um, so I look for people um, that are regularly updating their training mm. and I also look for someone like they need I, I need to see them turning up and doing the work too mm. um, and this is why like I'm not fearful of like when I'm partaking in things to allow people to see that yeah and so when choosing a facilitator also, it's really important that you feel comfortable with them. So that comfortability might come from checking out their social media and the things that they offer and you like the way they talk and you like the cut of their jib and you, <laughs> you like the things they chat about. That you can create, social media is really great. In, first point of contact. First point of contact in, in finding out if you resonate with that practitioner. And then you can like literally tell them that you're sussing them out. <laughs> He's super direct. So ensure that you feel comfortable with them. And what's also really great is a really great, in my opinion, a really great facilitator will happily 
refer you on if they know they're not the person for you. That's right. So a prime example of this is someone reached out to Murray the other day and they shared their hesitation, shared that they appreciated what Murray was offering and that they thought he had great value, but there was a hesitation and that maybe they would prefer, maybe they would work better with a, a woman. Yeah. And Murray felt into it and said, absolutely, absolutely, you would this particular issue, you would work better with a woman. Here's an amazing woman yeah. who would help you. So a really great facilitator doesn't hesitate in referring you on to someone who's, who they feel will align with you. You still get to choose whether, whether that person they refer you to does or not. Um, but yeah, making sure that you feel comfortable with them. And alongside that, choosing a modality that resonates with you. There are a plethora of modalities yeah. from and everything has its place and its purpose and maybe you need a combination, combination of, of modalities. There's no one size fits all. Um, a bit of thought therapy and a bit of somatic therapy. Yeah. I know for, for me back in um, 2016, 17, when I was going through my PTSD, I went through all the alternative therapies that I had access to and it wasn't until I sat down with a psychologist that really kind of did the big... 180 for me she was incredible and I'm so 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 grateful that I had those I think it was about three months or so with a with a psychologist that really shifted everything for me far greater than what a lot of um, alternative therapies at that time were doing for me so it's a combination it's not a one-size-fits-all knowing that some people resonate more with talking it out and being in their mind but also knowing that somatic practices have their place. Somatic practices being breath work, yoga, body work, Reiki, energy work. Kinesiology is kind of a combination of, of body work and, and talk mm -hmm. therapy. Um, what else am I not covering? So was that just all the bottom? I just kind of listed a bunch, bunch of things. <laughs> so yeah, the way it looks, the way I separate it is you got like uh, bottom-up therapy and uh, head-down therapy. One is done from like a place of speaking and thinking, articulating, and then the other stuff is like that somatic stuff where um, you're more doing the work from the body, yeah. where the trauma is being housed or whatever. And both both have their place. And as Murray just said, trauma is often held in. The, the issues are in your tissues. Issues are in the tissues. Issues are in the tissues. Your physical tissues, not the Kleenex tissues. Well, at some point they'll probably transfer. Yeah. <laughs> your issues will go from tissues to tissues. <laughs> um, yeah, so a lot of stuff is stored unconsciously in your body. So those are some really great therapies to participate in. There are also deeper things which have their place when you start looking at plant medicines and incorporating those um, but that is a case-by-case -case basis and again with a facilitator you want to ensure when with plant medicine stuff that you've been referred yeah and that that facilitator is where what's your lineage what's your training and generally speaking person that is referring you will have a direct experience with it and you'll be able to really if they're not someone you trust then you should wait 
Yeah. But if, yeah, someone you really trust has gone through the experience with someone and uh, they're referring you, then ask the questions. Mm -hmm. I've lost my train of thought. There it is. Um, so that leans into, so I was just mentioning with facilitators, being safe, being able to hold <laughs> safe space because safe space um, allows you to go a lot deeper into processing or leaning into whatever change it is that you're you begin, wanting to create. You begin to feel it too. Mm. Like, what I've found is people are, people aren't silly. And uh, this, I just refer back to what I said before, it's like um, I need people that are still doing the work because if they're not, then they're just walking around with their unresolved stuff. Although a good practitioner can come into a space and leave theirs at the door, but if they don't have a space for them to transmute or deal with what's going on for them, then there's going to come a point where um, they can't house all of this within their being anymore. It's going to start oozing out into the space they hold. And that's when it, it becomes unsafe. And the other thing is um, people that you know, are constantly doing the work on themselves, so when they're in a space, holding space for someone else and things start coming and coming up that would usually trigger them, they can identify it and and work with it until the session is finished and then they can go and you know have a look and go, why, why was I triggered by that? What, mm. This is bringing something up for me that I need to look at. Yeah. Mm. What else about when leaning into change? Finding, finding a modality that works for you or, or a handful of the facilitator that resonates you've got to, yep. at the end of the day you can go and see all the people you want but you need to make the commitment to really want it to change mm. like you need to really want the change or it just won't happen you can do all the lovely things because the change happens outside the sessions the change happens in the small moments in between yeah. and all the little choices that add up to big choices. Yeah. Cool. I think we should leave it there because you're probably at your destination if you're listening to this in the car. <laughs> it's a good little 20 minutes. Destination being the open mind space. Yeah, you're just about to get out your door and pick up your yoga mat, right? Enjoy your class. Have fun. Or maybe you're you're halfway to some Kuncha Temple by now. Then, we will see you there. And just jump on another potty. <laughs> you know where to find all of the things. Go to theopenmindspace.com.au or sunkuncha, S-U-N-Q-U-N-C-H-A.com.au. And check out all the retreats, the monthly initiation, which is a beautiful, safely held space with Murray and I, where we drop you into your altered states of consciousness to heal the issues in your tissues. And we'll have tissues. And we'll have tissues for your tissue issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are some wonderful events coming up in the studio as well. Um, go to the website, go to the gram, check it all out. We'll see you there. Bring your friends, refer your friends because you've had an incredible experience. They should have an incredible experience with all the amazing teachers and facilitators we have 
under the umbrella of the open mind space. Yeah, yeah. Till next time. Bye bye. <laughs>